Father, we thank you for your word today. God, it's such a great privilege to be in your house, God, and to be what you're doing in this time, in this season, in this region. Father, even as you said in Acts 17, 26, that you predetermined our boundaries and our borders, God, the time where we would live and the, and the towns we would live in. And so, Lord, uh, we're not here by accident today, but, God, you, you desire to speak something to us. And so, Lord, we just open up our hearts wide, God, and we believe that you're going to fill it today, God, with heaven. You're going to fill it today with your truth, fill it today with your word. And so, Lord, just thanks for sitting on us today with your anointing with your presence and change our lives today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, today is part five because we've been in a series for a few weeks. This is kind of the last one, but part five of a series that we've been talking about titled Rethink Church. And uh, kind of recap real quick. In this series, we've been talking about uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to bring clarity to what church is. And instead of depending on the past experience because we all got them or to, you know, depend on some kind of preconceived idea. But by, by doing this, by making room for the Holy Spirit, we've seen that, guess what? The church isn't a denomination. It isn't a movement. It isn't uh, some building. Rather, it is, a, it is a church that's living and powerful, yes, that, that Jesus is, is making and building out of, uh, out of a unified, redeemed people. Yes? Isn't that so true? And so what's so awesome is, is here's this region or here's this state and here's this, uh, this nation, here's this worldwide. There's unified, redeemed people, but what happens in those little pockets when those redeemed people come together, guess what? We get to have church. We are the church, but we get to have church. Y'all with me? And so it's in the church like today. Guess what? That assembly where we find these things. It's where we find things like fellowship. We find things like encouragement. We find accountability. How many of you guys know we need that? Yes? So listen, we, we get to participate in a corporate prayer time, in a corporate worship time. We get to uh, the opportunity to grow in the Word, and we get to do something that's really, really needed in today, and that's to bear one another's burdens. And that's so huge because so often we just Facebook that burden, but we never connect with anybody for that burden. And so we get to do that here. And the last thing is, is we get to be equipped for the things that God's called us to do. And maybe I can say this, we get to experience unity because I'm not sure if, if you can find it anywhere else in the world. Amen. Because Jesus is the author of it. So, you know, as I said last week, I think because of those reasons, this is why it's so important that when we come to church that we have a biblical view of church and not just church that somebody told us, right? Some view that somebody said, but we actually go, God, okay, what's the view that you have? And it's important that we don't get stuck in some religious uh, routine that we go through service after service without feeling, right? Who wants to go to church and sit there like it's at a library? Not me. Not interested, okay? I got drugged to that church as a kid, and I'm not interested in going back. But I think it's important that we learn to go beyond surface level in relationships in this room. Amen? I also think that's important that when we worship, that uh, we learn to sing with wonder and awe of who God is. And it's important that when we come and we hear the word, that we hear it not just, a, man, that's won't, 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 Charlie Brown's teacher. But, man, we hear it with faith and we hear it with expectation. And not only that, but, man, we take it and we apply it to our lives and we do something with what we're hearing. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Think about, think about how awesome it would be if we, if we actually applied most of the sermons we've heard in our life. So anyways, I guess I'm really saying this, that it's really important that we come to church. When we come to church, that we come with an expectation that God's going to do something significant. We don't come to just, once again, check a box, go through a routine and say, well, today was, today was a great day. Amen. But, man, you leave the place go, man, what did God do? I, I, I want to say that God did something. Yes? Yeah. So, so if you were here last week, you, you kind of see that, man, what's the point of circling the same spiritual mountain again and again and again, year after year after year? Once again, not interested, and I hope you're not either. Because that's a pretty boring life, yes? So, so listen, when we begin to work from the, the context 
uh, that we are the church, guess what? I personally believe it changes everything. Y'all are quiet. I, I does. When we begin to realize that we are the church, guess what? It, it changes the atmosphere in this room when we come. Not does it change the atmosphere in this room, but, but like we were talking about a while ago with Tammy, guess what? It changes the effectiveness of when we're not in the room, when we're out there. Yes? Because what happens so often, y'all hear me, is it's often we come in here and we, and we put on our church face and we put on our church lingo and our church language, and then we begin to go, okay, well, let's do church. And then we walk out the door, and guess what? We go back to our other ways. And we wonder why we're not effective out there. <laughs> Maybe we need to take what we get from here and take it out there. But listen, this morning, I want to take things in kind of a different direction. I want to share some things with you that I've really just been thinking about lately in my heart. And if I can maybe say it this way, that today's kind of a, of a bridge message between what we've been talking about to what we're going to talk about. So let me kind of give a precursor here. When I sit back and I think about all of us, and some of you guys are new here, so you're like, hey, man, I don't get that, but just grab a hold of it. When I think about us, I don't think about us as, as complete strangers that come together for an hour and a half, today maybe two hours, uh, for an hour and a half uh, you know, every week or, or a few times a month or a few times a year or whatever. I, I view us as a family. And the reason I view us as a family is because Jesus said we are. If we realize it or not, Jesus said we are family, and, and it would be good if we grab a hold of some of that too, right, and start living like that. But, but, but if, you've, if you've ever been in a healthy family, you, you realize that sometimes there's conversations that there needs to be a little bit more honesty and a little bit more vulnerability than normal. Anybody ever have that? Yes. So, so today's one of those days. I personally want to get maybe a little bit more honest. There's things I want to say today that I haven't felt really released to say, and, and I do today, so we're going to say it. And, and I'm going to ask just for some grace in that. Is that all right? That you can give me some grace, and if at the same time, if you could open up your heart and just go, okay, Jesus, talk to me. It'll be pretty good, yes? It's not bad, by the way, just so you know. It's not bad. So, all right, so listen, for direction's sake, I want to share a story with you that I read a few years ago. And the first time I read this story, I thought, man, that story is kind of funny, and it's got a good preaching point. But what's happened is, is over the last two years that Jen and I have been here, the Holy Spirit has brought this story up again and again and again and again in my heart. And, and I think he's done it for two reasons. Part of it is to bring clarity, and the other side is to bring hope. And, and the clarity part of it is this, is because the, the clarity piece of this story has helped me navigate and helped me lead through some really difficult situations. And, and then the other side, where the other piece where it brings hope, is because it, 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 just, it just helps me have faith to believe that what I, what I think Jesus put in my heart is going to happen. Yeah. Is that all right to say it that way? So, so anyways, so let's start here. So the, the story is based about this. It's about a, a pastor and, and five guys from his church. And basically these, these six men were invited to participate in a race in their local city. And, and the race is a little bit different than what we know. This race was uh, because it's a church in Hawaii. And, and one of their uh, more popular sports is basically canoe paddling. Okay, now these canoes are different than what you and I are normally used to paddling or whatever. This is one that's really long and six men get in it. It's got that big old arm. I think you call it a, an honor or whatever, but basically that big old arm that reaches out. So these guys are about to race that kind of boat. Now watch this. So as the race drew near to make sure that they were better prepared, they decided to acquire a canoe instructor or a coach from a nearby club. And, and, and on the first lesson, 
this instructor took him to a brackish lake that was kind of near where they lived. And once everyone was in their place, the instructor, he, he straddled the canoe and he began to basically bark out his instructions and his commands and, uh, and basically his signals. And then he said this to everyone, and here we go. Y'all ready? He said, okay, everyone, he yelled, this is how you hold a paddle. As he modeled the correct form, and then obviously you got all the other guys who are trying to find their uh, correct hand placement. And he continued by saying this. He goes, he goes we're, we're going to paddle our first stretch of water, and it will be an eighth of a mile sprint. When I begin the stopwatch and say, go, just paddle as fast and as hard as you can. He says, when we cross the finish line, I'll notify you. That's when you can stop paddling. Got it? Pretty easy. The pastor said he thought to himself, how hard can this be? Even a woman can paddle a canoe. He said, this ought to be a breeze. I want, to, I want you to notice he said that, not me. Y'all chime down, all right? So, and this will make you women feel a little better. He said, immediately his self-confident thoughts were shattered by the sharp uh, call of their instructor. Ready, go forward. He says, the pastor said, with our muscles bulging and sinews, sinews uh, stretched, we burst out of our dead-in-the-water starting position like a drowning elephant trying to get air. Says we thrashed our paddles on either side of the canoe, not knowing when to switch from one side to the other. Says we figured the best time would simply be when one arm got tired. So firing at will, I crossed the blade of my oar over and across the canoe. And when I did, I scraped the back of my fellow paddler seated directly in front of me. He grunted as my oar etched an unmistakable red mark across his spine, but he didn't stop. He just kept beating the water like a trooper. We were on a crusade. I love that. The pastor said it felt as if hours had transpired. My arms began to uh, feel like lead and my lungs were on fire. The back of the guy in front of me started bleeding. And basically our canoe was half full of water. The elephant was beginning to drown. When we finally heard the instructor yell, okay, stop. Thank God, I thought, in exhaustion, uh, we all abandoned the sinking canoe. Uh, Then the instructor yelled this, one minute and 42 seconds. Pretty sad. So the pastor went on to say this, like war-torn warriors, we comforted each other, apologizing for the scrapes and the wounds from the flailing paddles. It says we started bailing the water out of our canoe that had begun to resemble a defeated submarine, uh, basically that, that, than that of a sleek racing vessel. I want to pause there for a minute, all right? So as I told you, God really repeatedly would bring this up. Once again, first reason, for clarity's sake, and I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but, but the, the reason I believe he brought it up for that clarity's sake is because it was an almost perfect word picture uh, of where we were at as a church two years ago. Amen. See, the truth is, is the church just went through probably the most difficult time it ever went through in this existence. If you were here, you would definitely agree with that. Some people jumped ship. Others stayed on to kind of hold things together. And, and I want to say this because I've never said it publicly if you stayed here to, to kind of hold things together, a thousand thank yous. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being willing to grab a hold of Jesus and say, God, I believe you called me here. And, and God, however you want to piece this thing back together, do it, please. Because you guys did awesome. You did amazing. And I can maybe say this. You know, there's something about, there's something about when Jesus speaks to you. And, you know, here we are. We're living in North Carolina Man, having a blast in ministry, but knowing our season was coming to an end, like I've told you guys before, we were fasting and praying, and God spoke and said, hey, you're going to Maine. Never thought about going there, Lord. <laughs> I like fried chicken too much, you know what I'm saying? So, and what happened is, is we, we sat at a distance, and we were watching things implode. 
And I remember one day watching something, I mean, maybe a little too open here, but I remember watching some stuff on, on Facebook. It's before we were here, yeah. And, um, and I looked at Jen and I said this, babe, I don't even know if we're going to have a church to go to. I don't. And I remember going downstairs in my office at her house, and I just began to, man, weep before the Lord. And I just began to tell God that, God, are we even going to have, God, you spoke this. Is there even going to be anything to go to? And, and I heard the Lord clear as a bell. He said this. He said, he said, if it be by a few or by many, I will deliver. Meaning I'll provide. And I got that marked right there. It's my prayer list. <laughs> and um, 4, 17, 15. And that day I, I got in the closet and I began to find Bible verses that just would encourage me. I'll read some to you right here. It said, For the Lord will be your confidence. It's Proverbs 3.26. It says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. Then thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and river in the desert. I needed that one. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. I knew you spoke to me. Then fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And then it says, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. And then this is a life verse for me, because it has to do with what I believe I'm called to do. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Man, I needed that. And, you know, Jen gave me a verse in that time and it's, out of the Message Bible, it's 2 Corinthians 2.12, it says this, When I arrived to proclaim the message of the Messiah, I found the place wide open. God had opened the door. Said, and I had to, uh, it says this, all I had to do was walk through it. So, you know, when you, when you have that kind of moment in the prayer clause, it means, you know, man, God, you're with me, and you're not going to forsake me. God, what you spoke, you're, you're going to fulfill it. You're, you're going to make a way. Amen. So Jen and I, we arrived here. And we saw a group of people that were just, man, good-hearted, salt of the earth, genuinely kind, folks that love Jesus. But some of those people, wasn't all of them, don't get me wrong, but some of those people, due to the extremely unfortunate events, they were numb, they were confused, they were upset, and most of all, they were just hurt. You know, overall as a church, I think this, going back to that story, we resembled those six paddlers. Wounded, scraped up, bleeding, frustrated, and exhausted. 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 And there was something there that, uh, you know, just like that, when they're all laying on the boat, and they're trying to comfort each other. Y'all were trying to do that. You were trying the best you could. Here's, here's what I've learned is that it doesn't really matter how you dress something up. When you go through something difficult like that, it's impossible to not be affected in a negative way. It's impossible. So, listen, I, I quickly realized this. I learned, I've learned a lot here, a whole, whole lot. Whole lot, whole lot about myself too. But I, I've learned that uh, basically, when a group of people have been wounded, it creates a negative cycle in that culture. 
it, it, once again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a church. It can be a business. It can be a team. But when there's something, when there's wounds that take place, uh, it creates negative things. And I just want to share a few of those characteristics with you here. But here's what I learned about the, that negative cycle is that wounded people don't trust others. They don't. What they do, they create walls and barriers to protect themselves and to protect their families. So true, right? I, I'm telling you, it, 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 you know, it's... It was the first time that person ever walked in a situation where people didn't trust the man of God. Where they didn't trust a spiritual leader. And that's not easy. It's not easy. So watch this. Next thing. When, when, when people don't trust others, things like teamwork and depending on each other, man, they go out the window. They really do. And the byproduct of, of a lack of teamwork and a lack of depending on each other is people do their own thing. And here's what's amazing when church people start doing their own thing. Because they disconnect mentally, emotionally, and even physically sometimes from the body. And they say, you know what, I'm going to do this. And they think what they're doing is honoring God. But what they don't realize because they disconnect themselves from the body is really bringing division. And what happens is, 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 is they're trying their best in their own, their own heart, but it's really out of their own flesh to really do something for God. And what happens is it ends up not being really productive. And the reason it's not really productive is because God doesn't bless our own agendas. True? It, maybe let me add this. However righteous we think it is. God never blesses our own crusades. He only blesses his own. See, the, the picture that I got again and again and again when we were here, really the first, man, first year, is it was almost like, and if you're here and you're kind of prophetic, you get this, but you get these inward pictures and images and all these things. And, and I, I just kept seeing this, this boat, canoe, right? And people lined up in it, and I'm seeing faces of the people that's in the boat. And, and I'm hearing someone say, go. And what happens, everybody's got a paddle in their hand. And as soon as the word says, go, everybody starts paddling and slapping at the water as hard as they can in their own desired direction. And what happens is you got this person trying to go that way, this person trying to go that way, this person trying to go backwards, this person trying to go there. And what happens is, is all of that causes everybody to do what? To go nowhere. Are you with me? And, and so I'm sitting there, and I, and I keep seeing this, and I keep asking God, God, how in the world do we get these people in unity? Not, not with what I want, but what, what, what you want. How do, you, how do we get people in unity with what you're doing, what you're breathing life on, what you're wanting to do? How do we do it, God? So sitting back watching all this, these characteristics, here's the next thing. is when people basically you know, lack teamwork, lack depending on each other, when they try to do their own thing, here's what happens is when people do their own thing, because by not pulling in a unified direction, they end up doing what? They end up pulling against each other. It's a tug of war causing them to do what? To get exhausted and burn out. I, I mean, I encourage you to try to go hop in a boat and tell everybody to go one way. Pick a way. Good luck. You never get to where you're trying to go. Are you following me? But, but is that not so true? It's like, man, what, what happens is... is is, is now i got to somehow convince this man that my, what God spoke to me is more powerful than what God spoke to him. And, man, we're going to go this way. And he's going to know God said this. We're going to go this way. Right? And I'm frustrated. Now I'm mad at the brother that I'm supposed to walk in unity with. Right? Because he don't get it. Here's what I've learned, gang. Watch it. Everybody listen. If we're all really listening to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of me will never contradict the Holy Spirit inside of him. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. That's why I read the book of Acts. It says this. It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
So here's what happens after we're exhausted and burned out. Guess what? Exhaustion always leads to frustration. And then what, what frustration really does is it removes any hope of any forward movement. Forget it. Right? And then what happens is the frustration, and when there's a lack of hope, man, it causes people to check out mentally or walk away completely. Everybody's just, man, they're, they're the living dead. Just walking around, going through the motions. So watch this. I'm standing here, and I'm, we are standing here, and I'm seeing all of this. Holy smokes. Jesus, what did you get us into? <laughs> right? And, and, and what I'm seeing here, I'm going, God... I know this isn't your plan and your purpose for this church. Same time I sit back going, devil, I know this is your plan and your purpose for this church. And, and, you know, sitting back, we're going, okay, God, what do we do? And even before we came, Jen and I felt a pretty simple mandate. Man, I'd love to say I got it right every day, but I didn't. But, but we had a simple mandate about coming here, and the mandate was simply this. I, I, and one part I feel like I'm good at, the other part she's much better at. But, and so that's why we're a team, right? But, but, but it's this. I feel like, man, preach the word and love the people. That's it. Preach the word and love the people. And, and it was really that simple. And then I got all my prophetic friends calling me, Quentin, you need to love the people. Quentin, you need to love the people. Quentin, you need to I'm like, I get it, okay? <laughs> love the people. It's so wild that you're sitting back and, and it's this. You're feeling the pressure from all these different angles. But, but, but he never gave us some great plan. He didn't give us some great vision. He didn't give us some great vision and say, hey, here's step one, two, three, let's do this. He simply said, preach the word, love the people. And here's what I've learned is that, is that this, is that you can have the greatest vision in the world, but if the culture is not right, if the culture isn't healthy, if people aren't healthy, guess what? It's not going to work. Are y'all with me? <laughs> it's not going to work. Why? Because you can't get out of your own way. You're going to keep tripping over yourself. And so, you know, sitting here, what have we done in two years, guys? We've worked on culture. That's all we've done. We've worked on culture. If we're going to be a church that believes in the word. Man, we're going to worship our guts out. We're getting there. We're working. We're going to pray our guts out, right? Those are things. Those are cultural pieces that we need. We be people that honor the word. People love unity, love each other. It's community, family, all these little things. That's what we're working on. That when somebody comes through the door, they don't go, oh, there's so-and-so. Yes? Man, it's core thing, honoring people. There's some simple things there. But anyways, here, here's what's so cool. As I, as I feel like, because it wasn't just us. We're, we're no superheroes by any means. But as people begin to say, yep, that's what we got to do. We got to preach the word. We got to get back to the word. Man, we got to love people. Here's what's so awesome is it's like slowly but surely. And, and, I, and I love it because, man, I've been so discouraged. at so many spots in two years that some of you guys have came up and said, come on, man, brother, we got this. Let's go. And there's been times where y'all believed a whole lot more than I have. Right? And, I, man, I need that. Right? We all need each other. And, and so, so what happens is, is, you know, keep doing that. It's like we found our center. And we started going, man, that's who God is again. Oh, that's who we are in him. That's who he is for us. Are you, are you with me? And it's like we begin to remember, man, that's why I love that person. That's why I love the church when I showed up. That's why blah, 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 right? And it's almost like we begin to go, uh, man, I'm sorry for all the scrapes and the bruises and, and the wounds my flailing paddle caused you. Right? It's like we begin to lay down our frustrations, and over time we begin to release offenses, and we begin to forgive each other, and, and we begin to forgive those that hurt us, and all those things. And what happens is when we start doing that, guess what? We start bailing water out of the canoe. That's, how, that's the only way you get the water out of the canoe, is you get back to Jesus' way. Right? That's why it's so important what Jen said this morning in prayer. 
I mean, right before worship. That, it's important, right? That's how, you get the, that's how you get the water out of the sinking canoe. And guess what? It's not only that. It's how you get it pointed in the right direction, right? I finally feel like, man, we're kind of pointing in the right direction. Now we can get down to some vision, right? Hopefully you're not sitting here thinking that, that man, that's discouraging because truth is, man, quite the opposite. I'm saying all that because I want to encourage you. Because here's the thing, it's, it's this, look how far we've come. Yes? In two years. And, and so here's the thing, I don't know, you, you know, you may be like me. I'll be honest, man, listen, I love, I love the three guys we have on our board here. They're awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. They've been nothing but good to Jennifer and I. And one day, I was sitting with, with uh, we were in a board meeting, and, and Dr. Ben said this. He said, the only thing that I basically... Have, I'm going to get the wording wrong, so give him grace on this. That I haven't liked that you've done is this, is you haven't stopped long enough to celebrate what God's done. Man, I so took that to heart because it's the truth. I, I have such a personality, I can get in the weeds and see everything that's out of order and realize that part of the anointing on my life is to put things back into order and that sometimes I'm focused on so much of that stuff, trying to figure out, get my head around, God, how in the world are you going to do this, that I forget to look up and take some air for a minute and to go, man, look what he's already done. And I'm here to tell you, man, he's done a lot in a really short period of time. If you can, if you can wrap your brain around, if you knew whatever, it's fine. But it's this, it's the fact that I've just seen churches not make it through that. They're not in existence anymore. So the fact that we're here today, hallelujah. Amen? All right, let's... Go back into the story. So thank you for staying committed. Thank you for following God's heart. Hopefully you find that encouraging. That's not pointing the finger at anybody, okay? Amen? Yeah. All right, let's dive back in. Here, so I said one piece of it was clarity. The other piece is hope. And uh, here's the hope part. It says the instructor gathered all the whimpering novices together. And after a few basics about safety, he taught them how to paddle as a team. He taught them how to paddle as a team. Each fledgling paddler was to mirror the one in front of him and everyone in time with a lead stroker. He taught them how to switch their paddles without injuring each other. Amen. They practiced together again and again and again until their stroking became a smooth rhythm. They were starting to look good. After a few practice runs, the instructor took them back to their original starting position. Here's what he said. All right. Let's try the same eighth of a mile stretch again, only this time I want you to stroke as if you were taking a leisurely stroll through the park. No sprinting, just mirror the one in front of you and switch with a smooth cadence rhythm, just as you were taught. Stroke as a team and don't try to break any sound barriers this time. Okay, ready? The pastor said, with confidence, we took our mark. The instructor barked out the starting signal. Ready? Forward. Our oars silently entered the water in perfect timing. The lead stroker called out his command, and we were off. Our canoe cut through the water like a knife blade goes through jelly. You getting hungry? We switched sides without skipping a beat. We mirrored the one in front of us. It says we were just being transformed. We were being transformed from a drowning surface, uh, circus animal into a precision machine. Then, just as we were feeling the exhilaration of smooth progress, the instructor yelled, Okay, stop paddling. The head of expected arrival called us all off guard. Then the instructor asked, anybody tired? Everybody shoot their heads. Nope. Says he held up a stopwatch so the men could see it. Then he said, you beat your last time by 24 seconds. Taking a leisure stroll. The pastor said, I couldn't believe it. Nobody was injured. 
No one went overboard out of sheer exhaustion. No canoe deluged in water or deluged, whatever. No fire in my lungs. It was a sheer delight. We congratulated each other. You got to remember they're in Hawaii. Gave a few victory shouts, exchanged lays, and took pictures. I love them. If you've ever been to Hawaii, man, they're, they're awesome. It says, this was amazing. Watch this. And we did it together. We paddled as a team. That's my hope and my dream for this church, that we would learn to paddle as a team. In fact, I'll say this. I believe this is where this is what the next season holds for our church, that we're going to learn to paddle as a team. I'm going to tell you when I'm at my best is when I have good people around me that I get to pass this thing off to. I love that. Yeah? In North Carolina, I had four pastors underneath me in our department, okay? There were six of us in total. And I love the fact that, that this thing, man, it was like a doggone relay race. Everybody did it. And watch this. Y'all listen. Can I say something? Can I be honest? Oh, man, I'm going to get myself in trouble. It makes people mad. No, I love you. Some of them were girls. Listen to me, y'all. You, you, you recognize the anointing on people's lives and the giftings. I don't give that. Watch this. So we're not going to discriminate in that either. Plain and simple. You're your pastor. We're not. We're not. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'll talk to you after service. <laughs> I love y'all. But I believe he wants this paddle as a team. Amen? Amen. I do. And I believe he wants this, if I can say it another way, he wants us to, to be church, to do church as a team. And, and I believe if we stop for a minute, recognize that there's giftings in people all in the room. And how do we, watch this, the challenge is going to be how do we connect people to their gifting? How do we connect people to their passion? How do we connect people to what they're convicted about? Amen? How do we do that? And how do we make room for that? that and, and hear me, it's going to get messy. And I hate that. I do, because I'm not a messy person, but I hate that. But it's going to get messy. Because why? We've got to give time for people to learn. Amen? I'm still learning. Man, y'all saw, y'all saw me the first year here be a bumbling idiot half the time. But I was learning. Amen? I was learning, yes? So here we go. I think if we're going to, if we're going to get this to happen, we're going to need to be intentional about a few things. And, and I want to grab a few lessons from that, from those six paddlers that they learned that day. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you four here real quick, okay? First lesson is this, is we need to do this. We need to learn who to listen to. We need to learn who to listen to. We need, if I can give it a better subtitle, we need to learn who to follow. We need to learn who to follow. In this world, there's a lot of voices vying for our opinion. Yes? And so and back in the story, who did the six paddlers listen to? Who did they listen to? The instructor. Everybody say the Instructor. Instructor. It really comes down to this. It comes down to who is our authority. Who is our authority, right? And in Matthew 4, 19, it says this. Y'all listen, please. It simply says, come, follow me. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Listen, if we're going to paddle as a team, we need to realize that when we came to Jesus, that we surrendered our right to lead. Yes? Everybody look at me. We surrendered our right to lead. And, and the deal is there is... is um, Part of that is we surrendered our control, right? He's in charge. He's the owner of our life. And, and, and if I can maybe say it this way, that, you know, like I said with, with Ben, I love Ben. Ben's an awesome dude. If y'all know this guy, get to know him. Powerful man of God. 
Listen, what I, what I said a while ago is this, is if he's listening to one spirit and I'm listening to one spirit, we're in trouble, right? Because we need to listen to the same spirit. So watch this. Can you imagine if all of us, I so love this dude, if all of us started listening, listening and following the same voice? Y'all get that. How powerful would that be? Yes? That would be unbelievable. And, and so, man, it, it's, it's kind of wrap your head around that. Let me give you another verse here, okay? Colossians 1.18 says, and he is the head of the body, the church. Y'all stay with me. Ben, come here. I'm picking on you a lot today. Come on. Come on. Help me out. Man's got a fresh haircut and everything. It's good. I love it, man. Looking good. I love his beard, too. I'm a little jealous. So watch this. If you guys notice here, okay, watch this. We're talking about Jesus, talking about his authority, talking about his leadership. It says, and he is the head of the body. As we all know, our eyes... Our ears, our mouths, and even our mind, where are they all located? The head. Watch this. Jesus is the head. That means this. If Jesus is the head and he's got all those things, that he determines our vision, not us. So it's really important that we listen to him where he wants to go, not where we want to go. He's got the vision, right? You're Jesus at the moment, okay? And uh, li- listen, and also, once again, if he's got the eyes, if he's got the ears, and if he's got the mouth, and he's got the, the brain, then guess what? That determines this. Y'all listen to me on a practical way. Then that determines, and he determines what we look at, what we listen to. Are you with me? What we think about. That thing's got to get positive and lined up with the word, please, in Jesus' name, okay? And, and not what your grandmammy told you, okay? Yeah, or mom and them, that's what we say in the South, that's mom and them, okay? So, uh, and, and even this, guess what? That, that uh, knows the mouth is there too, so that means he determines what comes out of this mouth, not me. So many of us need to think about, man, what I'm saying to people, is it cutting them or is it healing them? Is it life or is it death? Amen? Y'all with me? Give that man a hand. Ain't he awesome? So... So listen, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in really troubled waters today, okay? Here we go. If, if you recognize in the story, there was a second person that they followed. Who was it? It was the lead rower. Guys, listen, I stay away from all this because it seems real self-serving, but it's Bible, so let me give you a Bible, okay? I'm called to be the lead rower. Sometimes I, listen, my nature, I'd rather be in the back most of the time. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Okay? I, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I don't have a hard time following. Sometimes that's a relief. But it's not what I've been called to do. I've been called to be the lead rower. And let me give you a verse to help you out here, okay? Hebrews 13, 17 says this. Have confidence in your spiritual leaders. Can I tell you that we're not all the same? Can I tell you that? Listen, it is, it is tough work being handed somebody else's business. You go, what I do to you? But you just recognize, man, that really wasn't named at me, right? You just love people and preach the word. Amen? Here we go. So have confidence in your spiritual leaders and submit to their authority. Not control, not manipulation, their authority that comes from heaven. Amen? It says, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Y'all get that? I live with that daily. I got an answer for y'all. That's scary. Behave yourselves, all right? So... (laughs) I'm playing. Listen. So it says this. It says, do this so that their work will be a joy. Hallelujah. Not a burden. For watch this. For nothing else. For that would be no benefit to you. If you make it difficult on me, ultimately, read the Bible. You're hurting yourself. Yeah? I'm not saying you've got to agree with everything I say. I don't expect that. 
But, uh, and that's okay if you don't. I'm fine with that. But, man, if, if I say let's go, let's go. Yeah? Because I'm trying to do it for the good of all of us, not for the good of me. <laughs> right? My, here's the way I view myself in here. Uh, you know, lead rower means lead server. <laughs> I, I'm here to serve you guys. Can I be honest with y'all? Y'all, y'all going to get mad at me, okay? Sometimes I think, my God, it'd be so much easier just to go get a nine-to-five job. <laughs> you know why? Because here's why. Because I feel like I could coast. And I don't have to say in that place, Jesus, what do you want to do? Right? It's easier to run away from problems than run to them. Yeah? You, you, you know, I got, a, I got a buddy that's an that's unsaved guy that's a police officer. And three years ago, there was a guy that did a drive-by shooting in a trailer park. And, and he, killed a, he killed a little boy, shot him in the neck. Uh, this guy just got mad because that was his girlfriend in there. So it was his, basically his, his girlfriend's son. So my buddy shows up at the scene. This guy's got a, uh, he's got an AR-15 just, and he said cops started running away, and he ran to it, right? And he ended up shooting the guy right there and dropped him 100 yards away. He had to kill the guy. Here's what's crazy. That kid that got killed went to our church. Uh-oh. Are you all with me? But here's the, I learned something. A real leader knows how to run to it, not away from it. Right? So if we didn't answer the call, we'd be running from all this. We've got to answer the call. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's get back. Here we go. Second lesson we've got to learn from these people. Number two is this, is that we've all been given a paddle. We've all been given a paddle. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, many other places that we've all been given God-given purposes, God-given plans, God-given destiny, God-given gifts, abilities, and God-given roles to fill. Do you get that? If you're here, you have a role to fill. I'm not saying it's in this church, but it's ministry-related somewhere. Are you all following me? Listen, what happens is, is God puts all this stuff in you, and then he puts you in a community. It's called a local church, and, and he starts giving you, basically connecting you with people who have similar assignments. What happens is, is when all those things kind of come together, guess what? Those things, when they partner together with the anointing, that propels us in fulfilling the will of God for our lives. Hear me, church. If you don't, if you don't wake up every day and go, God, you've called me to do this, you need to stand in prayer, prayer clause a little bit longer. And go, God, what have you called me to do? Because the Bible says he's given to every one of us. Yes, and we'll never be able to do church as a team. We'll never be able to paddle as a team if you don't know your part. Amen. But I can't tell you that. Jesus has to tell you. My job is to equip you in that, not to tell you what it is. That's why I cringe when pastors say, hey, brother, you're called to the ministry. But I just see you doing this. It better be the Lord. I've seen it be the Lord, but it better be the Lord. Amen. I'd rather y'all hear it, and I'd rather confirm it. Amen? The third lesson is this, is we need to learn the rhythm. These guys had to learn the rhythm. Watch, in spite of how talented and gifted a person may be, one person isn't called to do the assignment alone. They can't carry it all alone. Are y'all with me? Listen, we weren't designed to do it that way. We were designed to do it as a team. Amen? A team, a team, a team. And so you can see with these six paddlers, watch this, that they had not only learned how to paddle in the same direction, but they had to learn how to uh, paddle at the same rate of speed and the same timing at which they should paddle. Is that not true? If you've ever been in one of those, you know. Listen, but before we can effectively go somewhere, we got to be in sync. Amen? we got to be in sync. Not sync, but in sync. Okay? Th- listen, this is going to require us to, to trust and depend on each other. It's going to require us to lay aside our agendas and learn to embrace and operate in the culture that God put us in. Do you understand? Everybody look at me. God put you here, not you. 
If we believe the Bible, Acts 17, 26, God puts you here. God, what's the culture? Amen? What is it? Sometimes we get so excited about what we've been called to do that we forget that we've been attached to a body. <laughs> is that not so true? We forget, and, and we get excited. Well, I've got to go do this. But we forget, once again, that we are attached to a body. And what happens is, is once again, we're attached to a body. Guess what? It, things get a whole lot easier. There's something about when you're in sync with people, you begin to realize what people's strengths are and what people's weaknesses are. And you begin to learn as a, as a family, as a team, man, we're going to lean into this person's strength and we're going to lean away from their weakness. Why? Because that's why we make up the full body. Let me say it this way. I have never expected my hands to do what my feet were designed to do. My arms aren't that strong. I can't do no handstand like that and walk around the room. I can't do it. Are you, are you following me? But so often, here's what happens. Listen, because everybody's not doing their part, people that are feet have to do a hands work, and it's not as good. It's just not. Yes? So, so we got to find our part. We all know 1 Corinthians 12. Y'all can read it on your own, 12 through 31. That's the body. But let me show you what God's intention is. Ephesians 4, 16 says this. It says, He, talking about Jesus, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. So everybody, everybody look here real quick. Can I free you up? He puts you in the body perfectly. He fits you there. Quit trying to be somebody else you're not. If I know who you're called to be, man, there's freedom there. Amen? Trust me, y'all don't want me to be a worship leader. In my heart, I would love to be a worship leader. I love worship. I love music. But man, no, y'all would be here today. All right? So I got to do what I'm called to do. Do what you're called to do. Watch this. It says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Do you get that? It helps the other part. You're, you're benefiting everybody else so that the whole body is healthy, amen, and growing and full of love. Listen, when we learn the rhythm and when we learn the culture, it allows us to do our part. But what happens if we don't know the culture and the rhythm? What happens if 20% of the body is doing 80% of the work? What happens? Let me show you real quick. Come on, Austin. That's why he's sitting up here today. Good looking young fella. So watch this. So, so I just asked him to do this. He's going to situate some stuff, I guess. If you can imagine, I asked him today, and I'll just walk through. I asked him to, to stand on one foot. Pick your best foot. There we go. Put one hand behind your back. Now pick up both of those things. Now, listen, this is a strong lad here, all right? I've seen him, I've seen him work. Really athletic fella, too. So watch this. So he's struggling, right? Now, now watch this. What happens if we say, okay, don't break nothing? If we, if, we, if we say this, hey, man, now listen, I want you to use all of your body, and I want you to pick both of those things up. See how much easier that is? It's so, it's so simple. But, you, yeah, just hold him right there. Uh, I want to make it difficult on him. Here's the thing, though is if only 20% of us in this room find the rhythm and get involved with what God's doing, guess what? Like, like him, one arm, one leg, guess what? We can do a little. We might be able to budge that thing around a little bit. We can, kinda, we, we can move it a little bit, but that's all we're ever going to be able to do is just a little. Are y'all hearing me? <laughs> if a few of us say, okay, let's, let's hop in this thing, man. We, this church will do a little, a little, Okay. But if we say, man, everybody get on board, everybody find the culture, everybody get the part, and let's find your part inside and outside the church, and we all get involved, man, I just believe we can do a lot. I do, right? Because the Bible says it. Amen? You did awesome, man.
So, so watch, that would be the goal. If there's anything that sticks with you today, let that stick with you. You know, have you ever seen a person that, um, oh, have you ever seen a person that, that has an amputation? Living, living where we lived in North Carolina at Fort Bragg, I, re- I remember one day Jen and I were in Toys R Us. Jesus help us. I love that place as a kid. It is a parent's worst nightmare because <laughs> your kids want everything. So um, I'm sitting there, and we go to check out, and I look about from here to the sound booth. I, I see a guy that was obviously a soldier in, in our army because we lived where an army base was. He had uh, basically the, those cool little legs that do that. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? They basically, help me out. Yeah, they're blades. Okay, so he had that, and he had one arm that had a, a two-pronged hook on it and, and no, no left arm. Yo, that was humbling. That's when you realize the price that's been paid for your freedom. And I'm standing there, and, you know, you're trying not to stare, but, man, my heart was breaking. I'm looking at this man, and he's with, obviously, his wife, and I think they got a kid. Obviously, this man went to go fight for us so we could have freedom, and that's how he came back. And, and I'm thinking in my head, how is she handling that? How's the kid handling that? How, oh, my, cool, right? But here's what happens is, is when, when there's been a body that certain parts are not in operation, the rest of the body has to respond and do its part and take over. But it's never really smooth. It's never really functional. It's never really, are you all with me? So, so we got to get the whole body. We got to quit acting like we're, we're, we're an amputee body around here. Amen. I'm almost done. Fourth, fourth lesson we need to learn is this. And this is probably the hardest one. We got to learn to be patient. Can I get an amen on that one? Gotta learn to be patient. If you, if you remember in that story, it says that basically they say, ready, go. They beat each other up, slap the water, all that stuff. And they finally stop. Oh, I'm dying here. And, and then it says that, they, that the instructor taught them some basics about safety. And then they started practicing. You know what that tells me is this, is that, hey, we're not going to get it right the first time. But we need to keep working at it. And so often in the church, people give it a short stint and they go forget it. And what happens is, is the leaders have to do that other short stint with new people. And it doesn't work. Do it with another group of people. Do it with another group. If people just hang in there and be patient and realize that nothing with God. Everybody look at me. Nothing with God is like that. Nothing. Nothing. It, here's, here's the way it works with God. You, there's, a, there's a monotony. We just do the daily routine. And then one day it's like we take a big leap. Then we're back to the monotony. Right? And then we take another big leap. That's the Christian walk. Yes? And it's people that don't understand the monotony. They chase the leaps. Let me run here. Let me run there. Let me. No, no, no. The reason you're not grounded is because you never learn how to just hang out the monotony. Man, being on fire for God is not shouting and hollering and screaming and, and you know, running around like your hair's on fire. Being on fire for God is being faithful and praying when you don't feel like it, reading the Bible when you don't feel like it, worshiping when you don't feel like it. That's the fire of God. Amen? So, so here's the thing is that if we can just go, man, we're going to start on the, on the journey. We've, we, we're kind of getting the culture healthy. Now let's kind of start on the vision part and, and be patient with it, not get bored with it. Then we'll go somewhere. Amen? Because here's, here's what I've learned about God. When you're here, he doesn't reveal everything that's over here. It's a process that everybody's got to work through, and we kind of get pieces as we go. You hear from God, oh, yep, that's it, okay, yep, that's it. Ah, that didn't work, <laughs> okay, all right, that's it. 
That's how it works with Jesus. Amen? So, so let me maybe say it this way. How many of you guys have ever built a house? Amen. The rest of you, I hope you never have to go through it. <coughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Listen, it's, um, but here's the thing. You, you don't go down to the lawyer's office, sign the papers, get your land. Hey, we're good to go. Yeah. And then show up the next day and whoo, there it is. It doesn't work. There's carpenter's room. It doesn't work that way. Everything's a methodic process. And if you don't get that right, then that's not going to work. Sometimes we just got to get that right. And can, I, can I say one thing that I wasn't sure if I was going to say today? Y'all, y'all look at me real quick, please, and smile at me really big. All right? <coughs> People say, Pastor, why are we doing that, 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 and that? Because as the pastor, I'm going, if we lose that, 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 and that person, that person, that person, that person, what good is it? Yeah? I, I don't want to run all over here and have five of us. I want to be able to go, okay, we're going to be patient with ourselves as we develop and grow. We're going to be patient with others as they develop and grow. And we're going to be patient with God because he's really patient with us. And we're going to kind of, that's what shepherds do. Come on, everybody. The shepherd doesn't just see who the fastest sheep are and run. <laughs> right? But that's the way so many people want to do it in the church. Look, I'm, I'm fired up that you love Jesus and you've been saved 20 years, but everybody in the room hasn't been. Okay, so we need, so we need to take that, that, that freshly born sheep and we need to mature them. Yes? So sometimes we, need the, sometimes we get so caught we want, we want to do all that, but man, let's have a heart for those folks too. Okay, amen? Amen, we'll try to make room for everybody, but let's do it together, amen? All right, so let's close with this. Y'all can stand up. Y'all been sitting down too long. Work those joints out. My grandmother used to call her arthritis, author. I loved it. Oh, author's hurting. Oh, author's acting up today. Anyway, so let me say this to you guys. When we refuse to listen to the instructor and the lead rower, is that all right? When we refuse to paddle with others in a God-determined direction, when we refuse to embrace the culture we're in, when we refuse to be patient with other people, uh, we not only hinder the church's forward movement, but we also get scraped, battered, and bruised, and hurt, and discouraged, and all those thousand other things. But, but if you can go back to the story, look at what happened when the six paddlers learned how to do those things together. If you remember the story, remember they got done. Anybody tired? Nope. Man, wouldn't that be great in church? The 20% in this room, wouldn't it be great in church not to be wore out? <laughs> Amen. But wouldn't it be like, man, this is actually a joy? Listen, they weren't frustrated. Nobody was bleeding and wounded. You ultimately can go further faster. And guess what happened? They were all at the end, and they were full of joy. Man, that's the way Jesus wants us to do it, gang. Amen? Amen. So we got to just get in line with him and say, Jesus, do your thing. Amen? Amen.